Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies. How are you doing today? Very well. I'm doing great. <laughs> doing I didn't have great. to put my sunscreen on because it is not sunny today. I it thought you were nice. supposed to put it on anyway. Yeah. I know, but I put a not hat when it's, on not and when I had it's... a hoodie. Oh, but she had a hoodie that her face didn't need. You couldn't even see her face. It was Wait, so second. tight. I thought you are supposed to wear it indoors. no shade, shadow on the ground. You're supposed to not have to I wear I put sunscreen. it on indoors. I well, mean, you're well, both if you have kind of glass bright. But that's only for UVB, not oh, UVA. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're you right. UVA goes through clouds. <laughs> you know, it's a thousand times stronger I, than UVB. I and wear right, mine so. to bed every night. Oh, no. I bet you do. Just because her window's open at sunrise. Well, Dr. Vick. He also has on one of those lovely tops. The hoodie from, from so who's it from Soleil. the hoodie Soleil from Sunwear. Soleil yes. Sunwear. And if you hoodie. use if you use our code, is it facially conscious as a code? I think I don't remember. But if you look on our Insta, uh, it's the Instagram that's uh, sometime around the middle of the summer in 2022. It's the picture of the woman with the glove on her hand. And Soleil Sunwear will give you a discount if you order um, yes. mentioning our code for Facially Conscious for the show. So right. Julie, and, and which, Julie by is, the way, we are not sponsored by them. They're just a friend of ours who we, we all have their hoodies. We all believe in this company a lot. And she did say if you mentioned our podcast, she would give a discount, which is very nice. Yes. yes. So and We and do want you to know we are not sponsored by this company. And it's equal <laughs> to like an SPF 50. So Dr. Vicky wearing this when it's cloudy and overcast makes a lot of sense. I like it. I like it a lot. Yes. Well, um, I'm very excited today. I'm <laughs> going to have um, Rebecca introduce this person who has been a big part of uh, my life. He doesn't even know me, but <laughs> his book has been a big part of my career. So, um, Rebecca, would you like to introduce our guest today? Well, she's talking about Dr. Mark Lees, who has a PhD uh, in health sciences, which makes him one of the best educators in the professional skincare industry that I can think of. If you have been to an esthetician uh, and you've had any acne treatments, the chances are that they were either trained directly by Dr. Lees or has been part of uh, his seminars or even uh, learned from his textbook. The textbook that Trina was talking about is Skincare Beyond the Basics, and it's for advanced uh, training for licensed estheticians, but it's also offered on Amazon along with his two consumer books, which are Clearing Con 
concepts about acne and skincare answer book, which is just questions that he's gotten over the last years, four decades, because <laughs> uh, he's been around for a while. As a matter of fact, his spa on the Gulf Coast was voted, what did you open that, 1980? Yes. It was, it's yeah. been voted best spa on the Gulf Coast for years wow. in a row, wow, nice. which is a huge honor. He uh, is a licensed esthetician. Uh, you became a licensed esthetician before you even got your PhD. And uh, he trains not only estheticians all over the world, but dermatologists, uh, nursing professionals, you name it, he's trained them. And he is a very, very, I'm going to say you're an old friend of mine. As a matter of fact, you're starting to get legends and pioneer awards now. Like I, I was getting like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You're now in that category, too, to be so old that you're now a legend in the you're industry. Not old, <laughs> Don't listen to her. And, and he's a pioneer as well, far as. Somebody, whenever somebody uses the word pioneer, I, I, I think about wagon trucks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yellowstone. Yes. You you Little actually the had prairie. the first traveling skincare salon wow. in a Calistoga <laughs> wagon coming over the oh uh, my God. <laughs> But no snake oil. No snake oil. No snake oil. He also has his own line, which is for acne, um, acne skin that's aging, as well as uh, pore clogged skin or comedogenic skin. He's one of our leading authorities on uh comedogenicity or clogged pores, has run a whole bunch of studies on them, clinical studies on, and he has his own product line, which- Did you hear uh, our podcast on that? Comedogenicity? I did. I did listen to that. Yes, and true? we're going to ask you what you thought <laughs> you of, it? of it. We may ask you that coming out of the- Did we know what we were talking about? Did we know what we were talking about? Did we do a good job? Be well, honest. since I learned comedogenicity from Mark, I hope I did it right. <laughs> So, but he said, oh, no, I liked it. Now, he didn't say it was wonderful. So, and usually when he likes it a lot, he says it's wonderful. So, we'll yeah, see. Was, but, okay, we'll talk. Okay, we'll, ta <laughs> we'll talk. We'll do lunch. Anyway, Mark and I go way back. We go back to, gosh, 1980, 81, I think. Uh, and we've been working together. We're on a lot of panels together. He's on a lot of panels. He was actually on several panels with Dr. Albert Kligman. Um, who was voted the leading dermatologist in the world uh, by a lot of the global dermatology associations. And uh, he knows uh, Dr. Vicky's father, Dr. Marvin Rappaport. So um, I want to welcome you, Mark. And uh, Yeah, thank you for coming on our show today. Yeah. Welcome. Thank, thank you for inviting me. It was, it's a pleasure being here. Yes, I, I uh, when I told Dr. Mark that we were doing the Facially Conscious uh, podcast, he said, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> He's always <laughs> like, support. And when yeah, Rebecca me? asked me, Trina, um, if, if we would want you on the show i was like are you kidding me he's like <laughs> i his his book is my bible i mean me and all my and any estheticians that i trained through the last 20 years i've been in the business i always tell them you have to have that book that's like right out of school 
you have to have that book. So, I mean, most people, and you're at the aesthetic shows as well, and most of estheticians know your book because it's like, it's what we all read to uh, to learn about what we don't learn, which we need to know, which is the dermatology side of it. So it's like, um, you know, it's, it's a part of our education. I feel that that's lacking um, and we should all be learning that book. But it is like a part of our schooling. We all read it. So I was going to ask you, you, is it required well, reading you. when you're getting a license or no? It's just... Skincare Beyond the Basics is a text. It is a required, yeah. yeah. It's a required okay. text, yeah. yeah. Plus, he's contributed to a whole bunch of other... He's other texts and and um, not only textbooks but just regular books and uh, on skincare. So he's like the go-to guy and in the aesthetics classes industry. At the yeah. aesthetic show, so we all go and take his classes and listen. Amazing. You know, he's yeah. just been yeah. um, he's been in my life for twenty years, and he doesn't even know it. Well, let's <laughs> let's like, get right into it and start asking him some questions. I yeah, can't yeah, wait let's to do it. To, okay. I, I want him to share his knowledge. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk first about how derms and estheticians can work together. And I'm kind of going to step out of this part uh, and let everybody else talk because as a cosmetic chemist, I'm you know not that involved. I am an esthetician, but I haven't practiced in years. So how do derms and estheticians work together? Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Can I interrupt everybody and just... That's okay. Julie. So originally... I was, I'm a client of Dr. Vicky's, and I'm a client of of of, of Trina's, Mark. And we were talking years ago about maybe doing a reality show <laughs> in skincare. I'm not a professional, but it, it's a hobby of mine. And Trina and I, there's no relaxing when I come in for a facial. We just shoot the shit. <laughs> and we thought, what a great idea if we follow around a person, a patient, first to the esthetician, then to the dermatologist, and then maybe eventually to the plastic surgeon. See what each person would recommend for that particular person, and then follow them on their journey. See which which route they choose to take. Oh, I like that. So mm -hmm. that was kind yeah. of how this, yeah. it, we pitched it all over. It never got picked up. And then eventually years later, when podcasts were, you know, trending, we said, let's do this. So that's how this came about. So I think that leads me to my question. What is the relationship between the esthetician, the dermatologist, maybe eventually the plastic surgeon? Um, just just curious I, and about I'll, them. I just, yeah. um, I want to also pitch in that when I first started in the business, the very first year, um, you know, I realized very quickly that, people were asking me questions that I didn't know the answer to and I really needed uh, to refer to a dermatologist and I didn't know any dermatologists because I was new to the industry. And so I was like, I need to find a dermatologist <laughs> to work with. So I'd ask my clients, like, who's your dermatologist? Do you like them? And then I'd try and go and have a meeting with the dermatologists and just like five, 10 minutes just to see if I liked them, if I wanted to refer to them. And in that process is where I met Dr. Vicki and then started working for her in the first, you know, uh, my second year in, and I worked with her for eight years. And there was so much information I did not know as an esthetician being outside of a dermatologist's office that I find is a very big difference in the types of estheticians out there, the type that work with their doctors and the type that don't and how they treat the skin 
and um, and sometimes can I feel make the wrong decisions um, because they're trying to not be like on the doctor tip. Uh, so I I find that there are different types of estheticians and uh, that some some clients can get uh, confused and end up in a dermatologist's office because of an esthetician's mistakes. So uh, that being said, what do you think, Mark, about estheticians working with derms and the ones that don't and the and, differences? And when do you need a derm and when do you need an esthetician? Mm -hmm. And right. I think Dr. Vicki can definitely add to that too. Right. Um, I mean, there there is such thing as scope of practice and there is a definition of what estheticians treat and what um, dermatologists treat. Um, and estheticians specify a uh, special um, kind of specialize in treating uh, disorders that affect the appearance. And that the word appearance is very important there because that's what we're treating. We're treating appearance. We're really not, we're not treating disease. We are not medical doctors. And we the top layers of the epidermis, not below that. Right. And, and we're not diagnosing things or we, at least we're not supposed to. Uh, but on the same time, at the same time, there are a lot of, um, dermatological conditions that also have aesthetic issues. And that's where the, the, the good uh, union should take place. Um, and that would be things like rosacea and redness and, and aging certainly and acne. Um, and so I think that, you know, I, when I first see a client, I'm going to analyze what I think her problems are, whether or not I think I can handle it, whether or not I think he or she has good uh, realistic expectations of what I can deliver. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I have two derms and a couple of plastics guys that I work very closely with. So if they're asking about, I want this, can, can you get rid of this? And they're pointing to, you know, a separate keratosis, I'll say, no, I don't do that, but I know a doctor that I can refer you to for that. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think, you know, you have to know what you can treat and what you can't treat. But I think one of the big things I think estheticians do, I, that estheticians help people with skincare. They give facial treatments of various sorts. But I think, and I, this is the way I look at my own practice, is that I am a health educator. I educate people on how to take care of their skin properly and the products that are appropriate for their skin and helping them design a program that meets their aesthetic needs, but also fits their lifestyle. Um, I don't believe in overcomplicated programs. Um, I want to find out again, like I said, if they have expectations that I'm not going to be able to make. And I sit down with them and I, and I, you know, talk to them about long range plans, not just what this is going to be like today. Um, one of the things I'm critical of estheticians about is that they, a lot of them are more concerned about what they're going to do for the next hour than what they're doing six months from now with the skin. And I look at every skin as a program. I don't look at it as a single facial. Um, I don't really, honestly, really enjoy giving relaxing facials. Um, I have estheticians that I work with who do more of that kind of work, but I, I like to consider myself more of a complexion care specialist um, in terms of helping people with more specific problems and who have goals and are treating this as a program rather than as a 
single feel good facial. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I, I certainly every day in my, when I practice, which is not every day anymore, but um, I still practice a couple of days a week and every day I send people to the dermatologist. I mean, I run out of cards all Why the time. You, what would cause you to somebody, send somebody to the derm? Uh, for, well, I live in Florida, so a lot of it is precancerous stuff that I notice. And I, and I, you know, I just say, this looks a little funny. I want you to go see, you know, um, see uh, my doctor friend who will take care of this for you. Or I, or I will say, um, you know, sometimes I've, I've got uh, someone with mild to moderate acne that I've been treating for three months and I notice that everything's clearing except the chin. And I'll say, you know, I think we may have, you know, might be some hormone things going on. You know, why don't you go see Dr. Sean and see what he has to say about that, you know, and maybe we need to, you know, maybe he wants to do some blood work or something to check that out for you. But um, I'm not making that, you know, I always make a point that I'm, I'm not making a diagnosis, but I, I do want you to go. I to send people him. to the, to the dermatologist all the time too. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely this syner- synergistic Mm-hmm. Um, synergy, synergy mm-hmm. that that has to happen for a good esthetician to be able to have a relationship with a derm where you can send people when you know that they need to go and and not try and treat things yourself that you know you can't treat. You know, I know a lot of estheticians in my esthetician groups on Facebook who um, who do try and treat mm-hmm. w- way out of their scope. Right, um, like what? Um, Give us a juicy example. Acne. Uh- Sometimes I, like acne that they shouldn't be treating. Like a um, stage three or four acne? Just like cysts and they're, yeah. you know, they're just trying to um, do it holistically. Like, um, you know, it's all in the diet, all in the diet. And like uh, just to have them use this cream and this and that. When it's like sometimes beyond that, like if they're scarring, if they're if you're treating the acne for a little while and it's just you're you're doing all the right things an esthetician can do using all the right products, giving them all the right advice. They're following your advice and you really believe them and in there and you're not clearing the acne, like get them to a dermatologist. You can still work side by side. It's not like they're going to take them away from you. Yeah. They're going to literally help them with some medications or some other steps that are going to help. But an esthetician can still treat that that client because they're going to help extract the acne out along the way. They're going to help uh, with the scarring, you know, with different types of exfoliation. They're going to help with hydration when the doctor is giving them medications that are drying them out. Like there's definitely stuff you can't treat acne keratosis you can't treat kp there's a lot of things um that you know go a little deeper mm-hmm. that estheticians will just continue to try and fix on a patient that should be you know with a derm well when when dr vicky do you want to see an esthetician refer but uh let's go to mark first because he has his hand up so I was just going to say, when we're talking about the online esthetician chat rooms and things like that, I'm horrified sometimes when I watch those things. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at their, we all their are. All pictures, like 143 comments on a, on a lesion that's sitting there that I decided was MRSA when I first saw it. 
And I'm like, I can't believe you're talking about treating this. This is, this right. is right. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. What is yeah, MRSA? Tell, what is well, MRSA? First of all, tell us about these chat rooms and the esthetician chat rooms, because I don't know anything about it. So can you give me... I don't either. Give oh, us a, I don't even speak in them. Of, I just read things about. sometimes and see what they're saying. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I want to pitch in and be like, go to the damn dermatologist. But I, I just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, you should do. do that. You should do that. Really. And it's just like that, you know, something that's obviously shingles, you know. <laughs> And, you know, wow. and I know this stuff, but a lot of these people are right out of school. They don't know it. They probably don't have my book. You know, <laughs> they, they, they don't have anything to refer to. Um, and they haven't had enough experience to pick up on it. Or and that's one of, signs the big, of one of the big problems in, in aesthetics is lack of standardized education. It's all over the map. I mean, and our state is just pitiful. I, state of Florida requires 240 hours. No I think, way. California yes, requires 600. We uh, require 600, it, but you don't have to give a practical in, not uh, anymore. anymore, which is yeah. re really crazy. As of this and, year. Uh, just right across the state line in Alabama, they have a 1,500-hour <gasps> aesthetic license. Oh You're kidding. And, and, but their estheticians are amazing. I have spoken three or four oh, times yeah. for the Alabama estheticians. Association and they do CE programs that, that are they're required to take. And I've done I've done at least two or three times I've spoken for them. And their estheticians are amazing. And talk about working with derms. I mean, they are just treated, I mean, because they are so well educated and they've mm -hmm. had so much experience and they have to put in internships. And it's just a really good I think it's it's ironic that, be that it's Alabama because you don't think of that as being the most progressive state, but it's um Dr. Vicky, so, do they Dr. Vicky, when you guys do medical school for dermatology, is it across the state what you have to like learn? Is it is yes. it United so States-wide? Yes, yes. It's yes. not so, state by state? No, no, no. So you do a dermatology residency. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the dermatology residency is three years after medical school, after your internship. And it's internship, the same in every is, state. Same in every state. Which yes. it should be, I think, for aesthetics, too. I, I think agree. But it's, we tried that. Mark and I, I was actually in charge of that for the largest aesthetics uh, organization in the country back in the early 80s. We got 26 states to get licensing. But it was all different. In Utah, they have different tiers of yeah. licenses. Yeah. So it qualifies you as you go up the tiers to do more. But we could never get no, everything says, across yeah. the board, across That's the country. And the well, one way you can, you know, sort of certify a dermatologist is to be board certified. So the boards, everybody takes the yeah. same board. But not mm -hmm. every dermatologist is actually board certified. If you go to a, a, a U United States residency, you're going to most likely go through the board certification because why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. um, but with that said, let's not you know make any mistake that even board certified dermatologists are not all created right. equally. They're not all That's qualified. That's true. You know, so you know, my approach to the esthetician relationship with the dermatologist is that I really believe that a good esthetician can save you from a bad dermatologist <laughs> and a really good dermatologist can save you from a bad esthetician right, and it right. really they so. it's hand in hand so i like that you know mark realizes what these lesions are i love when i see a patient they said yeah my my esthetician didn't like this lesion you know what i think to myself i think to myself that esthetician took the time they weren't sure they weren't you know 
like overly aggressive. And sometimes it is something and other times it's nothing. But I just appreciate that they send to the derm. The caution. Yeah. yeah but and not sure. every every area has maybe a dermatologist for estrogen to refer to. So I don't know, you know, what it might be like, you know, if, if they're really not getting patients better, if the dermatologist is 100 miles away. I don't actually know what they do. Well, but, one of the ways that I've always recommended, and Mark, you're going to take the authority on this, I shouldn't even be talking right now, but uh, is <laughs> if you're an esthetician and you see uh, patients that have good work done through their dermatologist or plastic surgeon, ask who it is, and then approach the right. dermatologist or plastic. Right. Well, um, Dr. Branch is a dermatologist I work with. He and I got connected because I got so many great reports about his listening skills from my from his my listening clients. skills really listening. yes listening that's skills. important yeah it's yeah. really important well, so the yeah. dermatologist like, gives you five well, minutes well for example yeah. again around here we're in this we're definitely in the sun sun skin cancer capital of the world you know but uh, a lot of derms will look right past uh, a keratosis or, you know, a big sun freckle or, you know, a hyperplasia and they'll, and that, that's what's bothering the client. And they're, they're looking for AKs or, or ectatic keratosis, or they're looking for precancers or they're looking for cancers, which is all obviously very important, but, and the, and the patient will say to the doctor, you know, would you, can you take this off? This is massive you know, keratosis that's the size of a quarter on her, on her face. And so I don't worry about that. That's, you know, that's nothing, you know. <laughs> well, it's something to the patient. You know, the patient doesn't like it, it's, you know. But you're right, because we, you know, if you really see that patient in a gown, which sometimes you guys don't, and sometimes you do, they have hundreds of separate oh. keratoses. So it's really, really overwhelming to address everyone. And sometimes patients don't tell us what's really bothering them because they're intimidated or whatever the reason. But I do love, you're right, when you find a dermatologist that listens and spends the time. Dermatologists don't have the time. They book them tight, tight, tight. You guys sit there for 30 to 50, sometimes 90 minutes with the patient. So I, I think that we could do better as dermatologists and really try and you know be kind and say, oh, does it bother you? If it bothers you, this is what you can do. Of course, that's what I do um, right, right. because I want to make sure they get a good service. But it is true. We definitely, we ignore a lot of the benign things and we don't even talk to them about it because people have thousands of lesions that they come in for when they have a mole <laughs> check. And it's like, you literally can't address or speak on every lesion that you know is benign. You just go over it and you know in your mind. But if yes, a patient is really bothered by a specific lesion, please tell the doctor that that is the one lesion you want to address. Even if it's benign, how do you get rid of it? Because guess what? You can get rid of it. You just will be, it'll be an out-of-pocket expense. And some dermatologists are also uncomfortable with that because everything else we do is insurance-based. Right. If you treat an SK that's cosmetic, the, the dermatologist has to be comfortable saying, it's fine, we can do it, but that'll be, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks or whatever. And oftentimes we don't even have time to do that. So it's, it is a little bit of a mis of, of a disconnect, which I think we could get all get better at doing. Yeah, my but. derm will do it. Um, I always mention to them, I have two derms, a man and a woman. I always mention to them, this is what we're working on today. And then I talk about <laughs> I the AKs or the, the SKs, the separate keratosis or the actinic keratosis. I say there's 25 on my back. So let's start with 10. They do Love 10 it. for 100. <laughs> and uh, they'll do 20 for 150. So we get a bargain. And I've been going to them all year long, every 
four weeks getting more stuff taken oh, care wow. of because I I grew up on a boat. She's proactive. So I have so many things to remove. And, the, you know, like Mark says, he's down in Pensacola, Florida. So um, I mean, a there's lot of a lot times there. I'll take no one pictures. suggested that you do the Aldera. <laughs> the, the Aldera, not yet. <laughs> Julie is sitting here with marks on her face from the Aldera. You want to tell us about what those are? They're leeches. <laughs> They're leeches. <laughs> um, my dear Dr. Vicki, um, we've, oh, sh- we've sh- done um, freezing and I've done lasers and lots of things. And I, I said to her, I grew up in Miami. Um, I take really, really good care of my skin. And these just bugged me. They were pink. They're just pink. They're not you know, dark or... And a little flaky sometimes. And, and I get flakiness. And she finally convinced me. Um, okay, to... let's tell the real story, Julie. <laughs> what? What is the I real story? I tried to convince you to use the cream. No, I'm not going to do the cream. No, I'm not going to do the cream. What's she the cream name? She goes to another What's doctor's office, name? which I don't... The cream is called Imiquamod. Well, okay. we've been talking about another... doing this for years. Yeah. Yes. And she goes to another doctor's office as well, which is fine. She can... Do whatever she wants, and she, she saw the PA for something cosmetic, and the PA did recommend the same surprise, surprise, <laughs> recommended the same cream well, I, that I but, said. But I so had, she was but we had tried the the what is it? You're the, right. We tried the, the, the freezing. Yeah, You're and then we right. and I did do lasers with you and lasers elsewhere, and I just kept putting this off because I would go on the internet and see these horrible. Um, she anyway, sure did. but that's good. Let's talk about that because you went on the internet and she didn't want to go. She knew that I was probably giving her correct information, but she went online and saw these horror stories of how people look. So she's like, I'm not going to do that cream. And then when the second person and Trina her, said, don't it be, do it. Yeah, and Trina said, don't do it. Because <laughs> I knew that but the, I know you, Julie, you're going to be like, I can't live like this. This is horrendous. I, I am having trouble living right now. I must say, <laughs> poor Vicky, and text her three times and a day. And she only three did, large she red only did marks a piece on of her face. On her she face. didn't even do her whole face she only did a corner of her face can we take a it's picture hard. of it and it's post it you know it? what sure. we should take a can picture and picture post it when it? this episode sure. runs on insta what do i care so we will post julie so and you, by the time the it runs so we we'll have julie on the screen we'll have the after effects and how it heals up yeah. so okay, let's we'll do that and just check our insta when this episode so drops has anybody yeah. recommend that you do that because you're saying you go in for acting at yeah, Seborrheic. Nobody different. has. Her, different. Is. I so thought she did Rebecca say was saying I've had a couple of actinic, and I've had five basal one squamous, but all on my face because I used to work with an LED light in my face, and they release it releases the high energy light that triggers skin cancer. Not the LEDs so, like people go and get oh, light yeah. treatments. Absolutely. No, not no, those no. LEDs. Okay. But the LEDs that you put at your desk. Gotcha. And I I used to write at four from four to nine in the morning. So I'd have this light like right on top of me as I was working so I could read and also type. And 20 years later, they started popping up. And they'll pop up if you go out in the sun, like on a vacation, Mm -hmm. they'll pop up three months later, or they'll pop up gradually over the years. But it's all on the right side of my face, which is the side that the light was on. And I've had them on my tear ducts. I've got this mark on my nose that we're going to be posting on Insta that was just, it was less than a 16th of an inch little dot on my nose that wouldn't heal. And I now have about three quarters of an inch scar where they had to cut in to get it all out. So if you're thinking about addressing anything, do it now. Dr. Mark, what do you think? 
No, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, I think that's very important. And, um, and people who have multiple um, actinic keratoses, I mean, I've been seeing people who've been using, you know, all of the different modalities, Afudex and, you know, all of the different things that they do to peel, peel it off. And it does look really bad. I think it looks really bad than it feels. Uh, it looks worse than it feels from, I've never done that. I've done lots of lasers, but I, and I've had chemical peels too, but I've never had, I've never had, I've never had that much damage where a dermatologist has suggested that I do, you know, something that mm-hmm. like Julie, that. does it hurt though? A little bit. A little bit, but not the way it looks. I was trying to do right. yoga this morning and hanging my head oh, and it yeah. kind oh, of yeah, the throbs yeah. a little. I'm just saying I'm very proud of you, Julie, I because you. I I'm know it hurts and it looks. Yeah. But I think, little, I think yeah, Julie, it'll be interesting, be but I tell my clients that when, when they're doing that type of procedure, I'll say, now, you'll look really bad for a little while. And I say, you know, most of my clients tells me, tell me that it, it looks a lot worse than it feels. Right. And you're going to want to hide out for a while, but when you get done, it's going to wipe out so many things you would have had to got had to have treated down the road. Out. And the other thing is your skin is smoother. Yeah. Thank you. That's you know, what, thank just, you. That's <laughs> what my doctor is saying too. So thank you. Mark. Right, there, it has some aesthetic benefits. Mm-hmm. It's not done for that reason. Oh, yeah. but it, and, definitely and Mark, does. I can't wait You're for right, those because some women that I've treated, you know, I've been treating these for 20 years and it's more women than men, but some women that I've treated will, they'll do one spot on their chest and then they had such a great result. They're like, can I just do my whole chest? And they don't have actinic damage, but they want the result of that smooth, skin that is a little less pigmented, a little less rough, and it really does give, you know, more aesthetic benefits. Obviously, I care more about the, you know, the anti-skin cancer benefits, but you'll see, Julie, you'll gonna, you're going to want to do the other side of your face. You know, this doctor is so extraordinary because every doctor I've been to, it when Are I'm looking about f- this doctor, I'm, looking, Dr. I'm talking Vicky? about Dr. Vicki Rappaport. <laughs> every other doctor has tried to sell me on all kinds of lasers and she is not making a penny on this. I text her, I bother her. And, you know, <laughs> she just, she's just amazing. I, well, I mean, okay, so I have a question. Yes. What is the name of the treatment we're talking she's about? She's going to tell you everything. It's <laughs> a topical treatment, a topical cream called Imiquamod. The brand name can, is Aldera. Can you spell uh, Imiquamod? I-M-I-Q-U-O-M-O-D. You just, if you go online, you could just Google Aldera, A-L-D-A-R-A. Okay, yeah. got it. And it is, this is not, a, nor, the old topicals were all topical chemotherapies. Uh-huh. Fudex, Mark had mentioned. We do still use Fudex, but I like Aldera because it's actually an immunomodulator. It actually tells your body to come to the area to fight the precancerous oh, cells. Okay. Because our immune system is powerful. Right. And it's just, sometimes it's it doesn't know, you know, it's surveying the skin. It doesn't really know, it doesn't know how to attack the AKs. The cream sort of tells the immune system to come and attack the AKs. Mm-hmm. So it's really your body is taking care of the problem. But the reaction can be really dramatic. It's red, it can get pussy, it can get crusty. It's kind of awful looking. But just like Mark said, the result in the end is not only do you have the precancerous cells are gone, then they won't lead to skin cancers and the skin is smoother overall. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. never scars. As bad as it can look. Really? How long does it look bad for? Uh, two to two weeks. Oh, well, that's not Sometimes bad. Three. I'd like to do my whole face and go hide someplace. Like, well, you are a voice voice artist. A... You're not. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a social life. Oh, just tiny. <laughs> I went out last night. I had makeup, 
band-aids and my hair. Oh, oh very my Veronica-like. <laughs> like my hair was like this. So dramatic. Uh, so so what dramatic. I'm getting here is when we're looking for an esthetician, the esthetician not only needs to know of a good dermatologist, but she should be aware of all the various treatments, including the creams that we're talking about right now and all the other modalities so that she or he, I say she, but Mark obviously is a male esthetician, um, that uh, when the doctor says, you know, suggest something that the esthetician can also you know and i think that estheticians should really do um, even though they get out of school and they think like oh i can work now i think you're it's a continued education advanced education constantly educating but i have to i have to pay for it myself i have to do it myself there's tons of stuff you can research online there's book like mark lee's books that you can read as an esthetician, even if you don't have a derm that you're, you know, you have in your pocket or whatever, you can start building derm, derm, um, relationships, relationships. you know, they will talk to you as an esthetician because you have clients that you're going to refer to them and you want to build a relationship so that you can talk to them about your clients. And there are offices that will, a lot of offices, if I call a, a derm or a plastic surgeon, I'll just say, hi, I'm an esthetician here in Los Angeles, and I see a lot of clients, and I'm looking for someone to refer, and my client so-and-so is one of your patients, and I would love to come in and spend five minutes on your lunch break just to chit-chat with you and, and see if we're on the same page. And they'll always set it up. The office But you go further than that. You, you shadow people. Well, then I you're, ask to You're shadow. very special. <laughs> Yeah. Once I meet them, I'll be like, can I shadow you? She shadows a lot of <laughs> Once a month for a year. I, I feel like the conversation is a little derm centric and we're not really giving the estheticians like enough, like, you know, Well, I think estheticians yeah. should um, learn more. Yes, it. and I agree. I think, yeah. but there's also plenty of people who you know, have beautiful skin. They just want to go and get a pam- pampering facial. I know it sounds like Mark doesn't love to just do the, the more pampering stuff, Me but either. as I get older, I realize that facials be- can become part of like your mental health and and a nice, you know, whether you do massages or facials, just something to give yourself a treat, whatever, once a month, every three Make months, your skin whatever. Look beautiful, and all I the time. feel like that is a real treat that people should really continue to do because the skin is an important organ. That you know, if you listen to Doctor Day's uh, podcast earlier. You know that your skin health is incredibly important to your overall health. For sure, so, the products you know, you're using. I mean, that's what we as estheticians do. So we take care of to make sure you have a beautiful complexion. We guide you through the many crazy product lines out there, and we help you get on a routine that's uh, going to make your skin look the best it can look. And we're treating that outside image that is you know what everybody sees it's not like you can hide your face people you can hide your arms if they look bad or your legs or whatever but you can't hide your face you can't hide your neck so we make you look the best you can look through the process and if you want to go further and plastic surgery or lasers or things that um as you're aging then we can help guide you to who to Right. That should be. But I, I mean, I work with people every month for years and years and years. And we, I give them a beautiful facial. Mm-hmm. I do exfoliation. I clean out their pores. I hydrate their skin so that they're just glowing all the time and they have great skin. And I guide them on the products and mm-hmm. should I buy this? Should I buy that? You know, I'm on. You well, know, at text. the very basic, an esthetician, regardless of what the esthetician specializes in, should be able to do that. Yeah. You know, sure. and then yeah. the thing that drives me nuts is when I go in for a facial and 
they don't talk about the product. They don't talk about what they're doing. They don't ask me any questions. To me, that's malpractice. <laughs> well, that's usually a spa type situation <laughs> mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be treating it like a massage almost to the face. You're you're not supposed to talk to them. You're not supposed to do any kind of consulting because oh. you're just cleansing, moisturizing, giving a really nice hydrating What do we call mask. that, Mark? A spa facial. No, the uh, slap and no, what is it called? Where they just um, do the cleansing and the massage and oh yeah I, I, I'm I'm not from if you're I, I'm not familiar with it oh you told me a life. phrase on that when a few years it, ago okay I don't know what it was I think oh, it's mo what I said well I said mo mo and go slapping slapping no what I said one thing that does come into my head is when a friend of a friend of ours Rebecca Sophia would say. When she was talking about an esthetician who was, who did not have a lot of additional training and was not well versed in clinical stuff, and she'd say, "Oh, she's a cream applier." <laughs> yeah, no, a cream a applier. Cream yeah, and, and a cream applier as opposed to a real. Yeah, you know, I wrote an article for Skin Deep Magazine last year, and it's called um, "Stop Doing Facials and Start Practicing Skincare." Wow. Oh, and that's a great one. Talking about how estheticians need to. Again, look at this in a bigger picture when they're looking at the skin and it's not just what they're going to do this hour, but, you know, and I had, I was in a hair, hair salon one day <clears throat> that I go to and, and, uh, and my, I was going to see my, my colorist and, and she said, Mark, we have a new esthetician you need to meet. And I said, um, oh, um, okay. Yeah. I'd like to meet her. So I said, Mark, it's so neat. She does a chocolate facial. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> Did they mean charcoal or were no, they really chocolate. talking about chocolate? chocolate? Yeah, chocolate. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we're going to have to call a break here. Uh, yes, because and we're going to have you back for another episode really soon. Um, call, he's, uh, he's actually our next episode coming oh, up. Oh, we're doing back-to-back. We're doing back-to-back. Right, great. And it's, aging. And the symptoms perspective, so it's your individual aging, not being treated like everybody else who's aging, which I think is a great concept for us to go into. And Mark is also going to be a regular guest, and we're going to be posting uh, several blog posts and Instagrams from Mark over the next uh, year. So be sure to tune in for that. And you can also find Mark's more detail on his bio uh, on the um uh, show the show notes underneath the uh, podcast. So please do that. Thank you for joining us, Mark. It was really great Thank talking you, to Mark. you. So nice Thank, meeting Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I loved it. It's fun. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye, everybody. Okay, Thank Bye. you, Mark. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At